I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Angela Cole, Senior Business Expert for Trade and Supply Chain Finance at Commerce Bank. She is the co-founder of the Marco Polo Network, and we will investigate that in a moment. But let's talk more broadly first, if we may, Angela. What trends are you seeing in supply chain and trade finance, and what's being the impact of the blockchain? So in general, I see a strong impact on the need to digitize trade finance and supply chain finance. You know, it's getting more popular and more necessary, also being driven by COVID-19. And also some uh, interesting topics which are uh, very much discussed on the market at the time being. It's about stabilizing supply chains. To do that, you need data and you need to kind of exchange data in a very efficient uh, way and transparent way. And the second topic is sustainability and ESG. Again, to support that trend, we need to obtain data and handle data. Trade finance itself is still very paper-based. So we need a stronger impact to digitize trade finance. And I experience blockchain and distributed ledger technology as a new technology to push that because of the decentralized data handling and the ability to onboard different parties because in trade finance, we have a complex ecosystem and we have a lot of parties and we need to transfer data to each parties in a kind of closed shop, which we can provide with blockchain. And I think there's a lot of potential and I think time has come to digitize trade finance and supply chain finance more than we did in the last years. Well, you mentioned that it's heavily paper-based still. That I can see straight away slows things down allows for the potential for errors to creep in. Having something immutable on the blockchain would speed things up. Correct. And that's very important for trade finance because we're talking about trust, right? Trust of data. And at the time being, the documents is that kind of medium where people think they have most trust in because it's stamped and signed. But I think data is becoming more evident and more more popular also in our market. But the question is how to handle the data in an effective and clever way. And I think while we come to that, Marco Polo has found solutions. And we as Commerce Bank, we support that a lot because we are very strong in trade finance and we are happy to engage. Let's talk about the Marco Polo payment commitment. How is this enabling trade finance to go digital? What's actually happening? Well, Marco Polo offers a network, a blockchain network, a private network, which with the technology Corda uh, provided by the big blockchain consortium R3 provides excellent technology to obtain data from our trade partners, being the suppliers, the buyers, and the according banks. We exchange the data on that network. We have included artificial intelligence by automatic matching of uh, trade data, talking about purchase order data being matched against invoice and logistic data. And the outcome of that is to provide an irrevocable payment commitment being issued by the buyer's bank to the supplier. And that kind of model we have already in the market under a lot of credit. So we have shifted that kind of solution from paper-based handling to digital. We also will have the possibility to connect our network with other networks, which I think is essential to digitize trade finance, um, talking about pl- platforms providing e-docs, but also platforms providing GPS data, 
and also uh, cooperations with platforms which provide, for example, data about carbon emission, you know, talking not only about, you know, the existing services we actually provide in trade finance at the time being, but also going further by exploring GPS and data around sustainability. But this isn't the first time that people have tried to innovate in trade finance. There was the bank payment obligation. Why did that fail to gain traction? What was the problem? Well, I think from my point of view, the bank payment obligation was ahead of its time, right? I think when I heard from the bank payment obligation already more than 10 years ago, I really supported the idea of SWIFT at that time to provide a platform to obtain data and to match data. Because I'm coming from a paper-based world, I have checked documents uh, myself and uh, things are not very efficient. I think it takes a long time. So to have a digital solution like the bank payment obligation was really very innovative at that time and I liked it. So we, uh, Commerce Bank, we implemented that solution about seven years ago, gained a lot of experience and I think it was a great shift already for us in Commerce Bank to go from paper to data, we are happy to share this experience in the Marco Polo initiative. But I think the biggest hurdles at that time for the BPO were there was not enough information about the bank payment obligation on the market. The potential was not seen. A lot of participants of the market were in a kind of waiting position. And waiting is the worst enemy for innovation, I can tell you. Um, so I think, you know, different reasons why the bank payment obligation did not gain the market adoption. We thought it would have been, but a very important step on the evolution and now also for the bank payment uh, for the payment commitment in Marco Polo and we strongly support that because we do that together with our corporates at Commerce Bank and also with our large networks of correspondent banks because banks are also very important to be onboarded in trade finance we've been talking about it from the point of view of the financial institution so far but this is not about the financial institution, it's about the suppliers and about the receivers of goods. So what aid and comfort can we give to suppliers to offset risks of non-payment and strains on working capital? Because if you're paying for goods much more efficiently, your capital is going out of the door much more quickly, whereas in a slower process, you might be able to plan more easily. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I mean, in trade finance, our core business is already mitigating payment and country risks and providing financing, right? We have done that the last uh, decades uh, and even longer. So this is not new, but with a new technology like Marco Polo Payment Commitment, we can do that in a much more faster way. We have the digital handling, the more secure handling of data, because, I mean, we also see fraudulence with uh, paper documents. We can support uh, the needs of our corporates because, again, Speed and transparency is uh, the biggest opportunity we have with this new technology. The supplier knows at a very early time that he has a kind of payment insurance. Much earlier before his production and shipment, uh, the payment commitment is provided already at the time of the purchase order in case the supplier provides correct data. And in trade finance, we have a lot of deferred payment terms. That means the buyer pays 60, 90, 180 days after shipment, which is nice for the buyer because he pays later. But same time, the supplier, he needs liquidity. So he would like to get uh, the money earlier. So again, at that time, 
the financing vehicle comes into place so we can finance the payment commitment. Still, the supplier pays later, but the supplier receives the money earlier. And so that, again, is to the benefit of working capital. And also, we provide payment at maturity and not 60 days or 30 days later. So, you know, if you know that payment arrives at a due date, that is also to the benefit of the working capital. I think you may well have answered this question in what you've just said, but how do you see the Marco Polo payment commitment transforming the trade finance landscape for corporates? Obviously, you've just described surety of payment. Exactly. I mean, they will experience all these things in a digital way and much faster and more transparent. I mean, maybe to to explain that, uh, we did uh, a lot of pilot transactions already in 2019 and 20 before we went live in May last year. And we we bring the corporates together in MS Teams like we do, you know, uh, in many video conferences. People can see each other. We can share our screens. And not only that, the corporates see evidence of digital handling in on the network, but they also get closer to the trading partners. And, you know, things are in general are getting more transparent and faster. And I think that is what corporates like because it's about saving cost and optimizing processes, making processes more easy. And I think we are also targeting to connect Marco Polo network to the ERP systems, the enterprise systems of our corporates so that we enable a digital data flow from the corporates to the other corporates. So, you know, things are in the the development. It's evolution, right? I mean, we start with digital handling, connecting our networks to other networks, and then moving slowly from paper to data. Paper is still there, right? Documents are still being generated, but the documents are being sent from the supplier to the buyer. We do not see the documents in Marco Polo network. We surely work only on data. And I think that's a great innovation uh, which is ahead. There is a transition point from a paper-based system to uh, electronic documents. How easy is it? How easy are your corporate clients finding it to move from paper to eDocs? Well, eDocs is a, a special topic, right? I mean, we get in Marco Polo, we get our corporates to go from paper to data because they handle data. Data is being extracted from documents or from contracts. The topic eDocs is very important for the future. I hope that the speed of uh, market adoption of electronic documents will increase in time to come because we in Marco Polo, we would like to connect our data handling with electronic documents. You know, there are platforms around like eDocs, uh, SDocs or Bolero, you know, and we already discuss cooperation because then you can combine the data matching for payment commitment with an electronic document like an electronic bill of lading which is very special because the bill of lading is the most important document we have in trade finance. It's a document of title, which means whoever has the bill of lading in his hand is the owner of the goods. And coming back to Marco Polo and the idea of connecting to electronic documents is that we would like to combine the payment commitment with the transfer of ownership. If we have a positive data matching, we can provide an electronic bill of lading to the buyer. And I think that's actually very exciting. But again, we need more market adoption for electronic documents in the market and also to be able to connect all these networks 
because we need to connect networks also otherwise we are stuck in silos right that's the problem we see at the time being sometimes uh, we need standards and the idea came already in Marco Polo initiative that we thought well we need standards to connect our networks right and um, fortunately this idea was taken over by the ICC with the digital standardization initiative DSI people there are working on these standards so long term and I'm, I'm talking very long term, but this is, needs to be the vision. As a doc checker, we all know the content of documents, right? So if we globally agree what content is to be seen on an invoice, on a transfer document, insurance document or certificate of origin, then, you know, if you all agree on these standards uh, long term, we do not need uh, documents even more, right? So, but it's a evolution. It's a path of evolution. And I think with Marco Polo and also with the experience we have in Commerce Bank, we really support that evolution it's a path and not always easy uh, but i think time has come to to move forward you've established the marco polo network in the teeth of the biggest disruption to the supply chain that we've seen in decades with the pandemic has that been a help or a hindrance and i put it that way because i can see in so many areas of business that people have turned to data, have turned to new solutions that make business easier? I think it has two sides, right? The pandemic in general keeps banks and corporates busy because they are facing problems, you know, disturbed supply chains. So they are kind of trying to, to solve these problems somehow. Sometimes they do not have time for new solutions, but I think it becomes evident that we need to switch to data because I hear and listen and I, I know that, you know, the handling of paper documents is a big problem in the pandemic because people are working from home. They come to the offices. They can't check documents. Documents are being stuck somewhere on the way and uh, the buyers cannot obtain the goods because they do not have the bill of lading in their hands, right? So I think in general, the pandemic will push digital solutions in general, including the Marco Polo payment commitment. I think many participants of the market have not really understood it yet, but I think we are very much engaged and uh, pushy to inform the market that there are uh, solutions around. But again, it's a path of evolution because the trade finance market is very traditional and people, they they stuck to solutions and to the piece of paper. It's unbelievable, but it's a change of mindset. And I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, the human nature do, do not want to change anyway. But I think the pandemic will help a lot uh, to push digital engagement in the market and the pain is already increasing unfortunately you know i i, I don't want the pandemic really to push these things because in, we need to do digitalization anyway but i think it has to become, become clear clearer than ever that we need to move somehow in a clever way and it's not happening at once it, it is a path of evolution but we need to start start somewhere and i think clearly marco polo is pushing it and also other initiatives and I'm hoping to see that we all get connected one day and we are kind of going the same path together because uh, even in this evolution thing, 
we banks, we talk, you know, we talk together about solutions together with providers and fintechs. And I think this is also an innovation because in the past, again, you know, everybody was doing his own thing and uh, we did not achieve many things to get, you know, at that point. So we need to cooperate more. There's still competitive space. But I think to bring things forward, also in the case of digitization, trade and supply chain finance, all participants of the market, they need to cooperate more than they have done in the past. Thank you very much, Angela Cole, Senior Business Expert for Trade and Supply Chain Finance at Commerzbank.